Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. It's the series that I started three, three weeks ago, which was being rooted in Him, rooted in God. And a few weeks ago, we saw that to, uh, for us to grow like a flourishing tree and to bear fruit, that we need to be rooted in God, rooted in Christ, rooted in the Holy Spirit. Psalm 1-3, Passion Translation, they will be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit every season of their lives. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. And what a great blessing, what a great promise for us who are rooted in God to be like this. We are called like an upside down tree. We are called for our roots to be planted in heaven, in heavenly places, in God, and for our branches, our lives to be a manifestation of his goodness into this world. Amen? Every one of us. And what a great testimonies we had this morning of our roots being down in the earth. By the way, we're live streaming right now. If you have somebody around the world or wherever who's not at church right now, it is uh, on, uh, on our Facebook. They can go and Harmony Facebook and click on there and you can be part of the service today. In Him, we live and move and have our being. See, our life is in Him and comes from Him in every way. Galatians 2 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in this body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Isn't that wonderful? And we've been born of the Holy Spirit. We have received a new nature through Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I preach on it a lot because I believe everything in our lives comes from this place of that river that is behind your belly button. There is this river of God. If you are a Christian, if you're born of the Spirit, then you have the life of the Spirit inside of you. It is like a river. And this river touches everything in your life and actually flows out into other people's lives. It is very powerful, but many of us sometimes don't even recognize the river or there's some kind of dam in there. And God wants to dam the dam, you know? He wants to take it out, you know? He wants to undam the dam, you know what I mean? And get it out of you because of, or then the stuff starts flowing through your life. And not only you become a happy person, but actually people around you say, hey, I like this guy. What happened to him? He said, well, I'm flowing with the Holy Spirit. There's a river inside of me that is flowing through my life. See, God is the source of our lives. And so we saw three weeks ago that we need to be, first of all, rooted into God's love. Rooted in His love. This is the most important things in our life is to be rooted in the love of God, in this river of God. It is so beautiful. Ephesians has said that, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people, holy people, to grasp how wide, long, high, deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. Now the thing is though, what's so amazing is that the fullness of God is residing in that river. It is not in you yet. Yes, we've been blessed with every blessing in Christ. Everything is in us because it's in that river. But it doesn't mean that the river is flowing in every part of your life, right? Because we haven't opened up those gates and let, okay, let the river in here too. Okay, let the river in here too. Okay, I allow you to have the river in here too. So I suggest to be filled with the full measure of the fullness of Christ and know how high, how wide, how deep the love of God is that we then open up our hearts and every part of our lives and let the river flow. Amen? 
Okay, now again, um, I, I enjoy when you re respond, <laughs> like passionately, because I'm, I'm, I'm working hard here, uh, but I, I want you to work hard too. This is not a one-man show. This is a church. We're doing this together. I happen to be up here with a microphone, but we are together the church. Amen? Okay, so I want to do this together. So if you get excited about the Lord or you, amen or don't boo. I don't like boo. Uh, even if, <laughs> even if, you, if you don't agree, just don't boo. That's not very nice. Not very pleasant. But uh, just stay positive and stay in the spirit because the river, there's no booze in the river, right? There can, can be booze in my life, but there's no booze in the river. So let's just stay with the river, and let's, if I make a mistake, just don't, you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, so be filled with the fullness of God. So to be rooted in God's love is really to be rooted in our identity. And that's wonderful. That's like, it's like the grace of God. It's like acceptance grace. We've been accepted by God in this love, and we've often talked about this. Now, the second thing is to be rooted in what? I talked about it two weeks ago. What is it? This next one, so I'm, I'm telling you. Anybody listen two weeks ago? First rooted in love, two rooted in? This is painful. <laughs> rooted in the Lordship of Christ. Yes. Very exciting. And if you haven't listened to that one, it's a very important message. Rooted in God. It says here, Colossians 2, 6. So then. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Some people only receive him as Savior and not Lord. They never get to the Lord bit. I receive you as Jesus as Savior and Lord. And you say that's wonderful. And Savior is wonderful. Sin's forgiven. I'm all righteous. All very good. But what about Lord? We sometimes don't go there, do we? Anyway, so we talk here about you. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. I forget now where I was. Oh, yeah. Jesus as Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. Amen? Now, I don't know if you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's say it together. Jesus Christ is Lord. Doesn't mean he's your Lord, but he is Lord, right? Amen. Is he your Lord? Okay, this is half. It's good, guys. This is good. This is more than last time, you know. Maybe he's done some work in, in between, you know. Now, it's very, it says in Peter, Peter talks about this. He says, in your hearts, set Christ apart as Lord. And I don't want to talk about it again. I just have a quick review now for some of you who are not here. But that's a great, I think it's a great message you would like to listen to. Now, one of the interesting things is that Jesus Christ is Lord. But Paul also talked about the Holy Spirit as being Lord in 2 Corinthians 3.17. It's very important. It says, now the Lord I'm referring to, you have to see the context yourself when you read it, is the Holy Spirit, and where He is Lord, there is freedom. I often thought about the whole thing of, yeah, when you come to church, when you come, when you become a Christian, then of course there's freedom. And I thought, why are Christians not free people, many of them that I meet? Why even myself, why am I not so free sometimes? But I, I, I come to see that where the Holy Spirit is, Lord, that's where I'm free. See, the thing is, though, Jesus Christ is sitting next to the Father in heaven right now, right? Through the Holy Spirit, we can know him, but he's not here. The Holy Spirit is here, right? And so the Holy Spirit is Lord in our lives. He guides us. He mentors us. It's, just his authority. it's all the stuff that we, that, that's the river. The river is the Holy Spirit. It's not the Father. It's not the Holy, it's not Jesus. But it is the Spirit of Jesus because they're one, right? Three and one, one and three. Anybody still with me? Okay, so it's Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and where He is Lord, there is freedom. So it doesn't mean you're automatically happy and free. 
are you? It is where he becomes Lord over your life, when he starts guiding your life, where he starts working in your life and start. that's where you start, hey, when you're submissive, that's where we see the Lordship of Christ starting to, and so many of us miss out on this wonderful life of the Holy Spirit because we don't understand the Lordship of Christ. It is so empowering to come under his authority. He is king. We sing this song, king of my heart. He is the king of my heart. What does it mean to come under the lordship of Christ? It is so freeing. It's so empowering. And you know what happens too? What happens too is divine order comes into your life. You know when you give over your life to Christ, you don't even live anymore anyway, remember? You live in Christ. I just said it before. When you come into Christ, he then, he then is your life. And then he starts ordering your life. Now, some of us can be oblivious to the ordering of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I suggest for us to become everything that God calls us to be and wants us to be is that we start letting him order our lives. That he actually is Lord. Amen? Yes, he's Lord. No, that's really good. Now, the third thing I want to talk, and actually his Lordship then brings authority and freedom. And that's one of the themes, one of the themes this year is authority and freedom comes as we understanding, as we understand who is actually in charge, who is Lord, who is King. And when we give him first place in our lives, it is amazing what starts to happen through our lives. Now, the third thing I want to talk about today is being rooted in the local church of the Holy Spirit is to be actually local church. And this gives us community. This gives us belonging. This is living in grace. The first thing of love is acceptance grace. The second thing of the Holy Spirit, Lordship, is empowering grace. And the third thing is coming into being rooted in the local church of His Holy Spirit is actually living in grace. Psalm 92, the righteous, that is you and me, shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, they shall still bear fruit in old age. And everybody over 30 say amen. amen. <clears throat> they shall be fresh and flourishing <laughs> to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are planted, those who are rooted, they will flourish and fruit will come out of their lives. Isn't it wonderful? The great, the great purpose of our lives is to bear fruit. Jesus said, now, and go and bear fruit. And we want to bear fruit in our lives. Do you want to flourish? Yes, we do, don't we? Then get planted, get established, get into the community. We are all called into community, community of the saints. In a community, this is where you grow. When you go into Holland, when you fly, mom, when you fly back in a month's time to Holland, you go fly down, all you see is everything is very, very straight, you know? It's like there's no, like, not, not, not an inch not used, you know, because we don't have much, much land. We've got 18 million people in the size of Canterbury, you know? So everything is being used, but you see these hundreds and thousands of greenhouses, right? What is it in Nederland? Glashuis. Glashuis. What's in Nederland, mom? You're in New Zealand now, okay, Glashuis. Peter? Ach, jongens. I'm a bit of Nederlands praten, joh. Glashuis, greenhouse. And what happens is, in the terrible, terrible weather in Holland... Most of the time, you know, that's why I'm here. Um, th th those of the time, they have the, 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 the greenhouse keeps the temperature steady. 
nice warmth, nice moisture, moisture, more this and that. And these plants are amazing. We got some of the best flowers in the world. It's not because it's nice weather in Holland. Believe me. And believe my mother. It is not like this. It is because there's temperature. That's what happens when you come into an environment of the Holy Spirit. You know how many people even this week came to me. They came to me and thanked me. Thank you so much for this person. That's their daughter or whatever, the son. Their life is changed in this environment because they come into an environment of the Holy Spirit. And there you start to grow and flourish because we rub off on each other. We encourage one another. There's Holy Spirit activation. All these things start happening. That happens when you live in a greenhouse like this of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it look like to be rooted like this in the soil of the Holy Spirit into a garden bed of God? Now, I want to take you back to the beginning in Acts 2. That's where the church was born, just after Pentecost. Let's stand together and read this together in the message translation for a change. Everybody awake? Okay, let's do it together, all together in one go. There we go. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony. Stop, 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 stop. That's why I chose this translation. Wonderful harmony. Let's just say to your neighbor, let's say to your neighbor, I want to live in a wonderful harmony. <laughs> okay, okay, keep going. Holding everything in common, they sold whatever they owned and pulled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you know that daily discipline is actually in the Bible? Anyway, let's talk a day like this. Daily discipline, oh, here we go, of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant, joyful, as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day, their number grew as God added those who were saved. Father, we thank you for your word. Blessed to our use in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. What an incredible community was born here. Jesus said, before he left, he says, wait for the Holy Spirit. He will come instead of me, and he will empower you. What will come is he will come, and you will be baptized with what? Holy Spirit and fire. Now, we're going to talk about it today, but you actually baptized with Holy Spirit and fire. fire. Tell your neighbor, you're burning, my friend. You're burning, my friend. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you are burning because the Holy Spirit's fire is burning inside of you. They were just like candles burning, you know, of the fire of God that came into their lives. It was so amazing, this new community, right? And for the first time here, people were born again. They were not born again before the cross. The disciples were not born again. Yes, they had the Spirit on them and the Spirit around them with Christ, but they were not born again. You can only be born again when the Spirit comes, when Jesus gave his life, and when now the freedom comes. Now we're clean. Now the, pay, the price is paid. Now, now we are, you know, the, the sin has been paid for. Now the Holy Spirit is free to come because he's holy. He can't go into an unholy body, right? And so he comes into you. Holy Spirit makes you holy. 
You are holy in God. Amen? So, that's really good. So, the first time the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit is planted into people, and then the, we are then planted into ourselves, into this community of the Holy Spirit, planted in this amazing environment, right? It's just amazing. Baptized into this new reality of the Holy Spirit. Immersed in the life of God, planted in the garden bed. And we see in the beginning here, they were all committed to it. In the NIV, it says they were devoted to this stuff. No wonder if the Holy Spirit just kind of draws you in this way, fills you with this Holy Spirit. No wonder you're drawn and committed into this amazing journey of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's right. Amen. Come on, you're a bit quiet to me, for me at the moment. Amen. Devotion is a very powerful word. Devotion, commitment. Look at it says what it says in the Bible. It says it's a commitment or dedication to a purpose, cause, or activity. It is a commitment, dedication, allegiance, loyalty, faithfulness, bond. Isn't it wonderful? These radical new Christian, born-again Christians, these people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they were committed to the cause of Christ. Devoted to the cause of Christ to build this new kind of kingdom community, build this church and to see his kingdom come. Devoted to one another and devoted to their community and devoted to the harvest. Are we devoted to the harvest? Well, the river in you is. He's just flowing because he wants more harvest, you know. Zeal for the kingdom of God. Passion. Passion for God. Passion for God. That consumes everything in our lives. I tell you, the more revelation you have of this river, the more revelation you have of the river of God flowing through this love, so full of love, 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 the more passionate you become. As you know how passionately He loves you, you become a passionate person in your own right. Amen? And this comes when you are rooted in this river. Rooted in God. Now, what does this look like? We're going to have 10 little things, now 10 big things actually, of values that we see here in Acts 2 church as the church gets planted. It's not a new church. It's kind of a virgin church, not polluted yet by institutionalism over the decades, over the sorry, centuries. Remember? This is like completely raw Holy Spirit community. What does it look like? What is the fruit of this kind of place? And we feel that some of our core values are really powerful. Well, how can it not be? part of our core value of the Holy Spirit. Very quickly I'll go to them and then we're done. Committed to the Word of God. First of all, they loved the Word of God. We love the Word of God. We always teach the Word of God. At least once a year I try to go through a book but we like, to, we like for Genesis to Revelation, we love the Bible. We love learning. We love growing. We love the Bible, the Word of God. Amen? That's why we also have so many conferences and, and seminars because I want other people to come. I don't have all knowledge, neither do you. But it's good to have people from all over the world come and help to expound scriptures. Oh, I've never seen that before, you know? So the thing is, though, it's good that we have all these people to expound to us the scriptures. We love scripture. But I want to say something, too. Please become a self-feeder, too. Feed yourself. Not only me or Bill Johnson or whoever you listen to, you know? But also feed yourself on other people. Read books. Grow yourself. Go to Bible callers. Go Karis Bible callers or something. Do something really good like this and feed yourself. Two, they were committed to fellowship. Now, fellowship is a very powerful one. And fellowship is really like a vibe that we have in this place. What I love most is when people come here and they say, Gideon, we are here and there's still at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 
there's still people here. And it's still people talking. And people, there's a vibe in this place. I just love this vibe. What is this? People drinking drinks and doing stuff, you know, they're here, that they're praying for each other. That is Holy Spirit life. That is fellowship. We love fellowship. We come here to fellowship. To ship on the fellow. You know? <laughs> fellowship. Three, we are committed to communion and to prayer. Now we see in the early church here that central to their lives was the celebration of communion, the Lord's Supper. Central. Breaking bread, but also communion. We see this here. And it's not some kind of navel-gazing stuff. It's not about you. It is all about Christ and what he has done. So we celebrate together what Jesus has done, his finished work in our lives, right? In his life and in our lives and giving us this new covenant, this new covenant of total forgiveness, of empowerment, of joy, of peace, of all these things that he has given to us. We celebrate this. Amen? Yeah, I know we do. Now it says here daily, we'll come to it in a minute, it says daily, daily, me and Jason are doing it daily, I know Jason told me the other day, daily I take communion, I took communion this morning, every day, since October now, every day, that's not legalism, it's just I want my first meal to be with him. I want my first meal to be with him and when I come in the morning I said, Lord here I am again. And this is a new day, and this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it. And I take the bread. I said, thank you, Lord, for giving your life to my life. This wonderful exchange. You said, Lord, that men shall not leave a bread, but bread alone. But every word that goes out of your mouth, Lord, you are the bread of life. I take your bread. I eat your bread. I eat your life today because I need your life. Because everything today, I want to be of your life. And then the cup. I say, thank you for the cup of the new covenant in your blood. Oh, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your life. Thank you for everything you've given to me. Thank you for the new promises. Thank you for this wine, which is a sign of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're with me today. And you keep going like this. This for a few minutes. I tell you, my life has not been the same since I've done this. Because something happens when you come under his love, under his lordship, under his authority, under his power, the beginning of the day. And you put on the armor of God. And here we go, into this day. And something happens when you put Jesus first in your day. Amen? And of course they had prayers. They loved praying as the Holy Spirit. And then the Father just pulled them into intimacy with him. Miracles happened there. Miracles. I mean, it says that they were committed to the supernatural. Miracles. Guys, miracles and healings should be normal. It should be from the little kid who prays for somebody to the 90 plus who pray for somebody. It's not about who you are. It is who you're in. It is about this river that wants to flow through you. That's why little kids can also lay hands and see people walk out of wheelchairs. Come on. The thing is though, Jesus was a miracle worker. He was a healer. We had to follow him. And so it's important that we see healing miracles as a normal thing of the kingdom, a normal thing. And here it was normal. So when you pray for people, it's normal to expect. Now when it doesn't happen, you don't just spit the dummy. Something may have happened or whatever. That's not the issue. The issue is you know that God is a healer. Everybody Jesus touched got healed. You are to follow Jesus and we can grow in this. And you see more and more success as you, as you build your faith and build experience. Don't give up. Don't give up. God has called you to be a miracle worker. Amen? We want to see more and more even as we grow in authority this year. Five, committed to harmony. To living in harmony. I love this whole thing of family. I love being three generations here together. I love my mother and my son, 
Johnny, I think Fabian's upstairs. Um, and just us here, this is three generations. I love this to be a generational church, even at night. Although it may have more younger people, because younger people can't get out of bed, some of them. And you guys, well done, get out of bed. Uh, but some people just don't like to get out of bed. You know, they go to bed late, but they just don't like to get out of bed. And so they like the evening vibe more. Well, okay, fine. The thing is, though, but tonight, that church is going to be still an intergenerational church. I'll be there. Actually, I was amazed how many of us older people, 40 plus, were there last week. You know, it's our church. It's not youth church, not young adult church. It's our church together, right? Amen. And bring somebody to this. It's amazing what we can do, you know. When the so I love the whole thing of family. We are family. We're not an institution. We are an organization, but we're not an institution. We are flat structure. I'm the same as you. You're the same as me. We have different roles, but we're the same. Amen? And so that's how we live as a family here together. And I love living as a family. And we see this as a family here in the early church. They were committed to generosity. Now, that was a powerful thing. I mean, they would even sell land and sell houses to get to somebody else. Now, I have, I've had, we've been given a car one time. Somebody just gave the car to us. It was worth $10,000 20 years ago. So that would have been a lot of money in those days. But the thing is, though, I, I, you're very generous. We are very generous as a church because we've been, we've been, we've been walking a journey of generosity, haven't we? But generosity is an expression of the Holy Spirit. Generosity is an expression of the love of God. See, love always wants to give. When you love somebody, you go, Valentine's, oh, what can I give? I want to give something. That's always. Love is always give, right? And the more we come and root ourselves in the river of God, the more we root ourselves in God himself, in this new nature that we've received, the more generous you'll become. You can't help yourself unless you stop that dam. And you can. But I suggest you don't. I suggest we just walk with the Holy Spirit and let him just flow through our lives in a way that is so amazing. And then when you look behind you, you think, wow, this is so amazing. When I'm faithful in giving and generosity, look what happens behind me. It is just absolutely amazing. The more revelation you get about who God is, the more generous you become. Now, in this church, we have three things we always talk about, and we'll do it again on Tuesday at the newcomers. You know, time, treasure, and, and talent. We love you to serve, like, like Janelle says. We love you to, to serve with time. Time is a special commodity. All of us have time, and we can allocate maybe some time to help build the church that Jesus is building, to serve somewhere with your talent. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you're an administrator. Maybe you're a, 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 an evangelist going on. Whatever you are, pastor, we want us all to be activated to serve in the gifts that we've been given. And, of course, treasure. Treasure is, is money, and for some people, it's the last thing to be surrendered, to be made lord of, you know, it's often the wallet. And it's actually really sad because you actually miss out on who God wants you to be as a generous person. And the thing is, though, it's amazing how God, when you, when you walk by his principles, how God starts to just move in ways you've never seen before. Please don't be stingy. It is not good for you. It's not good for the church. It's not good for anybody. Just be generous. And see what God does through your life. I know there's going to be some offerings next week. The auction uh, for the for the uh, the kids. I need five thousand dollars for for Easter camp. Come on, guys! Things happen at Easter camp. It's just amazing. It's a mission. Let us be generous together and just give towards that mission. Let's make sure we give to missions. There'll be a focus in the next couple of next month or so. Missions. We've got missions all over the world and all around New Zealand here in Christchurch. Let's be generous. Let's be generous with our tithes and offerings here in the church. The first 10%, the first part of your money, the first fruit always goes to the local church. 
That's what Jesus does to run his church. That's why we run his church. And so if, if, if we're faithful, all this stuff starts happening, it just works. If not, it starts to not work very well. So let's be faithful in our giving in every way. Amen? <laughs> I knew this. This should be, yay! But I was giving. You know, you know what it shows me? You know what it shows me? And it's not a telling off that we're still learning in this area. It should be the most exciting thing for us. Amen. We're almost done. Band, you want to come up? It's already coming up. You can come up because that makes me feel like we're ending and we're kind of ending. Slowly ending. Praise and worship. Johnny Clark. Yay. Number eight is praise and worship. They love the presence of God. We love the presence of God. Hey, my pianist is back. Where were you? My keyboard player. Two, yeah. Anyway, I love this. I, I preach better and longer, but then my wife tells me off, so I can't do that. So, seven. I've missed seven. Live groups. Oh, shiver. Seven. Johnny, just, just keep, keep calm. We're not, we can't go the, there yet. We, we have to just be serious for, for just a more, more minute. Okay. Thank you. Uh, in the back. Uh, they, they, a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals, exuberant, blessing, blah, 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 blah. So the thing is, though, what happened was they met daily in both the temple and in the home groups. In the home groups would be the daily thing of the, of the uh, communion. And, and the communion was actually a meal at the end of communion. That's why in Corinthians they were drunk. Why were they drunk? Because they drank too much communion. Dr drunk? Of course not. They can't drink enough of that stuff here at communion. They won't give it to you. What they do, they would have communion at the end of their meal. And some of them had drunk too much during the meal. So at the end of the meal, they could not rightly discern the body of Christ and they were drunk and Paul tells them off make sense okay but the thing is though every day they'll meet together now it's hard for us to do that but I'm saying to you we are called to be part of the bigger group like this teaching worship fellowship testimonies but also the smaller things we all want you to be in life groups because in life groups cell group connect group it is so powerful because that's how you have connection close connection friendship support accountability yeah discipline yeah that's how you grow and we want to grow so find a life group it's so powerful as we grow bigger we also got to grow smaller number eight praise and worship again i said that we are all it's number one in my books we are all about the presence of god and all about the presence of god on a sunday but also in your life that you are a walking river you know and you are a walking river that we are not about programs over presence the programs support the presence right it has to be that way we love the presence of God and we want to have time for what God is saying. That's why we love the prophetic. We want all of you to be activated, all of us, in the prophetic, to speak life into people, to pull their future into now. and to, to the, the, the Holy Spirit working through our lives. Nine, they were committed to community. People in general saw and liked what they're doing. They enjoyed the favor of all the people, it says. Isn't it amazing? When this becomes such a community, our community is so amazing that people outside, they hear miracles. Did you hear this guy gave his house away to some? I mean, amazing. That would do something, wouldn't it? Things start happening, and wow, that's why people came to Christ. The Lord added daily those who are being saved. That's number 10, the final one. It's the whole thing of evangelism and mission. God will add to our church, to our lives, naturally supernatural, as we live this life of love, this river. Right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Let's stand together. Maybe you get more excited when you stand together. 
when we live this life of love together, guys, it's so powerful what God has done in our lives. And he wants to activate our lives in every way. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are fruit, a few, Jesus said. Now pray to the Lord of the harvest to bring laborers. Guys, we've been called to be laborers. I, I, would, I would be really sad if we don't all say yes. Come on, let's all put a hand up. It's me. Come on, all of us say yes. I'm a laborer. <laughs> I'm a laborer in the harvest field of God. You can put your hand down. Our slogan is passion for God and compassion for people. Passion for God comes when you know the passion He has for you. It's not some worked up thing, I'm so excited, or you're like Gideon, I'm a positive guy or positive whatever. It blame my mother because she was always very positive, and that's why maybe I'm positive. <laughs> She's awesome. But the thing is though, guys, it's not about this. It is about worship. It is about the river. It is about the love of God. And the deeper you go, the more passion you feel from Him, the more passionate. It's not that He first loved, I first loved Him. It is He first loved me. And because of it, so get rooted in His love, get rooted in His Lordship, and get rooted in the local church, and you will be fruitful. Let's all be plugged in. Amen? 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 Last scripture, Ephesians 4, 5. So that we would speak the truth in love and would grow up together in Christ. Let's say it together. Grow up together in Christ. Who is the head? From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Tell your neighbor, we've got some work to do. We've got some work to do. And I want to finish here with uh, the Passion Translation. Look, look what it says. Beautiful, beautiful. But we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction, look at this, all our direction and ministries flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him. The anointed head, come on, say to yourself, lead me deeper into you. Lead me deeper into you that out of my life would flow ministries and the life, everything, direction of His body, the church. For His body has been formed in His image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. We are all connected, guys. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Tell your neighbor, you've, got, you've received divine gifts. You've received divine gifts. And tell them also, now use it. Now use it. To the growth of all. As these gifts are imparted and operate effectively throughout the body, we are built up and made perfect in love. We all have a part to play. Amen. All of us have a part to play. This kind of community I want to give my life to. This kind of community I want to be devoted to. I'll put my resources towards this. I'll put my life, my time, my everything. Because this is worth it. Because I will grow. My family will grow. The kingdom will grow. The church will grow. People will come to Christ and get saved. What a wonderful thing. And so I pray today that you and us together would have this prayer. Lord, take me deeper into you. Lord, take me deeper into you. Take me deeper deeply rooted in you deeply rooted in this beautiful river I long to have more of you and as we come to the communion table and we finish with one song it is wonderful because do you know that it's actually a um, the, the, it's the Lord's table but did you know that it's a Trinitarian offering to us it says for God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only son 
Jesus Christ, so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And the eternal life comes where you say yes to Jesus. You know what happens? The Holy Spirit comes into you. He is the eternal life in your life. And you get born of the Spirit. And that never changes. And whether you work, walk out of here and you have 20 more years to live, or you walk out or you get hit by a bus, it doesn't matter. Your spirit goes straight to heaven. It's already in heaven. But for your own mind, heaven is, is with God straight away. We are eternal. There's this river which never runs dry. It never runs dry, guys. And so as we take communion today, I pray that we say together, so thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your gift to me through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gave his life. And, and celebrate the bread that is talked about this, his body broken for me, his life given to me. You can have my life, I want your life. The perfect life he's given to me. And the blood poured out for me to live in this new covenant in the life of God. And through his Holy Spirit, you know, he makes everything beautiful. Maybe some things are not beautiful in your life. Maybe you're struggling in marriage or struggling at work or whatever you're struggling with. You know, when we let the river flow, he will flow into those areas. Even Holy Spirit, even just now, Holy Spirit, thank you for flowing into those areas. And Lord, in our mind, we see them. We know where they are. Holy Spirit, we ask you and we give you permission to flow into this pain, into this dysfunction, into this need right now, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that your promises, when we put you first, that you give everything that we need. And so, Lord, we thank you that you bless us even now. As we let your holy river, that river of love, flow from my innermost being into every area of our life. And Father, thank you that testimonies would come of what you've done in and through our lives. Because you're a good, good Father. And we can trust you. In Jesus' name.